This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 audio and video series on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming at thegreatcourses.com or on DVD and CD or via The Great Courses apps. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including writing creative nonfiction. For this limited time, 80% off offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Michael Warren to talk about two new entrants in the uh, GOP race, Dr. Ben Carson and Carly Fiorini. And of course, we have a third Michael waiting in the wings as Mike Huckabee gets to jump back in. So just let me ask you, of these three, who do you think will be the most significant, say, one year from now? It's a really difficult question. Uh, I can narrow it down to two. I think Carly Fiorina and uh, and Mike Huckabee will uh, will still be feeling the effects of their entrance uh, into the race. Uh, ben Carson, I think, uh, may have his best day, his, his highest point today. Uh, I think he's going to really struggle as a candidate. Uh, and we can see that from from the video that he put out announcing it. It was entirely substanceless. Uh, everything was about sort of optics and, uh, and and sort of this kind of esoteric uh, assessment of America, where it is and where it can, can go. Um, I think he's going to have a real hard time in such a uh, full field with a lot of people who have a lot of interesting things to say about, uh, about actual issues. Uh, Carson is, is, I think, uh, much more of a flash in the pan than, than Purina or Huckabee. My uh, mom is a uh, longtime uh, Christian coalition activist in South Carolina, thinks Ben Carson's a great guy. When he appears on TV, she scoots up in her chair to listen. And then when you ask her about president, she goes, are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at five other guys. Isn't that kind of the uh, Ben Carson downfall? Everybody likes him, but no one is, very few people are serious about saying president of the United States, Dr. Ben Carson. I think that's right. He's, he's certainly aspirational. Uh, on a weekly standard cruise, uh, I went on a, a year and a half ago. Everybody was talking about Ben Carson. Uh, please, you know, uh, tell us that Ben Carson uh, is going to be the next president of the United States. Uh, but I think as people uh, learn a little more, bit more about him, uh, and, and maybe hear a little more of the things he says, and, and maybe the inartful way he says certain things, always comparing what the president does to Nazi Germany, uh, I think it's just, it, it's problematic. And uh, again, I can't emphasize enough how this big Republican field with a lot of qualified candidates makes it more difficult for someone like Ben Carson to break through um, because there's just too many other options. And, and, and you can see it this week. I mean, having Fiorina, having Mike Huckabee jump in the race the same week as Ben Carson, I think underscores the fact that this is a very qualified field uh, and makes it difficult for the kind of uh, novelty candidate of a, you know, as a retired neurosurgeon and conservative folk hero to uh, to really emerge. But you know, I can hear retired neurosurgeons across America, Michael Warren, going. But wait a minute, how is Carla Fiorina any different? Isn't she essentially just another novelty candidate? She's never held office either. She comes from the private sector too. Why are you dismissing one and not the other? Well, I think that's a good question, <laughs> and 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 maybe I should maybe I should be a little more bearish 
on Carly, Carly Fiorina. I, I wrote a piece about her for the Weekly Standard and spent some time with her in, in New Hampshire. Uh, and I, I suppose I was just struck by uh, uh, the way that she had sort of the command of issues. Again, there's a, sort of a uh, look at the contrast uh, between Fiorina and Ben Carson. Uh, Fiorina's focused, uh, her, her, her sort of opening video focused on uh, issues. You know, this is, uh, we have a bureaucracy that's out of control. Uh, we've got to get, uh, you know, spending uh, under control, these sorts of things. I think she's got a lot of work to do on those issues and sort of flushing out what exactly her ideas are. Um, uh, but I think she's, she's got a much uh, better pitch as having led HP, one of the largest uh, companies, uh, certainly one of the largest tech companies and one of the largest companies uh, in the world, uh, certainly when she was heading it up. Uh, and, and that's sort of part of her pitch is, look, I, I understand bureaucracies. I understand the way these big, uh, 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 these big entities are run. Uh, that's the kind of experience I would bring to the federal government. Um, I think there's more there. There's also the, the fact that she's uh, much more media savvy, and that's so much more important uh, in uh, in today's political climate to sort of how know how to speak on TV and how to answer questions and how to get back to your talking points. I think Ben Carson struggles from that, where whereas Carla Fiorina, having having run for the Senate in 2010, uh, having been around uh, politics, she was on, on the McCain campaign. Uh, she maybe has a little more experience and, and knowledge. But again, look, she's, she still has a really uphill climb if she wants to be, uh, to be the president of the United States. Okay, upsides and downsides. Here's downsides number one to me that seems very uh, dominant, which is that she's going to be a victim of the reverse Obama takedown, which is we had a guy who was really, really good at politics who's been, as many people agree, bad to awful as president. And I think one of the lessons that uh, a lot of people, Republicans in particular, ha are learning is the lesson that I've been preaching for a couple of years now, Michael, which is the Frank Underwood lesson. You need someone who knows how to play the game. Just being smart isn't good enough. Playing politics smart is required, as Obama, President Obama has shown, in order to get elected. And I think a lot of people say, I don't know that I want to put my eggs in the basket of a, for practical purposes, first-time candidate never held office even if even though she has an impressive resume in private sector having seen what obama has shown us we've got to learn the lesson we need a politician in this race yeah i think there's something to that i actually think there's sort of conflicting ideas uh, about what people want because you're absolutely right about the the sort of sense that we we need a, an adult who, who's sort of in charge and and knows how to make all of this work and at the same time there's this there's this still this feeling I think residual, not just from the 2010 Tea Party movement, but you go all the way back to 1992 and the kind of Ross Perot uh, uh, populist movement of getting an outsider in there, getting somebody who's not tainted by the, the, the way that people feel politics is run. Those are really conflicting thoughts. People want both of those things. Um, and, uh, and so I think you're absolutely right that, that Fiorina has that problem. In fact, I've asked her about the way she talks about, you know, we really need to bust up bureaucracies and, and, and think about things in a different way uh, we you know when it comes to the way the federal government works I asked her you know how do you how do you do that I mean, how do you get all these people uh, to go along when you've got these competing interests and 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 Washington's kind of a complicated place um, I didn't really get a satisfying answer to that question and uh, I think it's going to be something that if she does rise to the level uh, which is a big if if she does rise to the level of, of you know polling in third 
second place, you know, uh, coming in striking distance in, in Iowa or New Hampshire, she's going to be really pushed on that. And, uh, and and I'd be interested to see, uh, uh, you know, how she responds. And here are the two magic words for Carla Fiorina, vice president. Huh? A lot of Republicans could see Carla Fiorina doing a great job out on the stump saying tough things about Hillary Clinton that need to be said and that are more palatable to the uh, swing voter coming from a smart, proven woman. And then when you get done and you get somebody, maybe you've got a U.S. senator like a Marco Rubio, or maybe you've got somebody who's uh, known for reform but not for business-savvy job growth, and then you've put Carla Fiorina on as your traditional vice president pitbull but also with a uh, portfolio of business and economic experience huh what do you think i mean that sounds like the sort of the perfect script you've just written um and, and i think that uh if i were if i were betting on things that would be the more likely course for the college during a presidential campaign than than to go all the way um of course when i asked her about this she she sort of shakes that away says look i'm running for president the only reason people ask me that uh, is because uh, she's very frank about it. Because I'm a woman. Because I, I never run for political office. That's her answer. You know that this is just sort of an uh, unfair assessment, and she has lowered expectations. But I actually think those lowered expectations work in her favor, because nobody's really again nobody's expecting anything from her. So if she really uh, amazes on uh, the debate stage, uh, as she continues to do on the stump uh, in places like New Hampshire and Iowa. Uh, you know, she could really go places. Uh, I would put my money on that VP slot, and I think I think anybody, as you said, Rubio, Scott Walker, any of these folks who are looking at the field, if if they uh, if they do get the nomination, I I think she's upping her chances uh, of getting uh, nominated for for vice president, and to be. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do me a favor for the rest of this podcast, Michael Warren. How can we go forward without talking about Mike Huckabee? Because before you finish the name Huckab, I am already stabbing myself in the eye with a salad fork. I do not want to talk about this unprincipled TV joke huckster of a character who's never going to be the nominee for President of the United States and does the party no good as a candidate. But other than that, I love him. Hey, you brought him up, Michael. You know what, what do you want me to? Well, say? events brought him up. He's going to announce reportedly this week, and you know Ben Carson is what Ben Carson is. You know he kind of he represents some ideas and brings some passion. You know he uh, he's fresh and he's new. Uh, and you, you know Carla Fiorina just went through Mike Huckabee. He's yesterday's news, and he's yesterday's not good news. I think he's Mike Huckabee is interesting because there's this sense conventional wisdom that uh, he sort of commands a significant segment of the party's, uh, uh, you know, the conservative, social conservative, Christian, uh, uh, religious right wing of the party. I think that's kind of a simplistic way of looking at the party. People don't think of themselves in that way uh, largely, and so uh, they're, they're not really heard to be to be herded by someone like Mike Huckabee. Um, I, I'm again the large field really makes all of this a big unknown. Could Mike Huckabee jump in and all of a sudden start polling 25, 30, 35% in the Iowa caucuses? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe this is his place where, where he makes his comeback. But, you know, you're absolutely right. He has He's old news. He hasn't been governor since 2007. Uh, hmm, that reminds me of somebody else uh, in the field. Um, and he, you know, is, is also ran. Uh, if he had run in 2012, you know, following up on that 2008 run, uh, and, and maybe that was his time, that was his moment. I just find it really difficult, and particularly 
to talk about the issues of this, you know, Mike Huckabee has sort of taken a stand on entitlement reform and said, we're not, we're not going to, uh, you know, do any reforms to Social Security or Medicare. Um, and I think that's something where the party has moved in a slightly different direction than where Mike Huckabee is uh, on, that, on that important issue. Um, that's going to be really problematic for him as well. Uh, it's, it's so up in the air. I just see so many other options for Republicans uh, who are looking for freshness, who are looking for something new. Um, but, you know, Mike Huckabee surprised us before in 2008, so, you know, I don't, I don't uh, put anything past the guy. My concern is, I mean, setting aside the social issues, because there are plenty of candidates who are pro-life. There are plenty of candidates who can pass that test for uh, Republicans who are concerned about those social issues. It's his economic approach and his what's I'm starting to see this evolve, Mike, on a a broad array of areas, you know, so-called limited government Republicans who have no problem with NSA spying, no problem with no-knock raids from the police, no problem with the government telling you what you should and shouldn't eat, you know, stuff like that. And I think he's kind of the the closest I've seen at the national level, kind of an embodiment of big brother conservatism. And I don't know if, you know, uh, 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 in, industrial policy, you know, from the top, let me tell you where the money should go, and lifestyle policy from the top, let me tell you, you know, what you should eat and, and how you should spend your time, is really the flavor of the Republican Party at this moment. And I know that it's the flavor of Republicanism that a lot of voters, 40 and younger uh, in particular, find unattractive. Yeah, I think that's that there's a, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I, I actually think that my company really hasn't thought about those issues uh, as much, or maybe even care so much about uh, the, those kind of issues. And so perhaps that's why uh, he says the things that he does. Look, he was not a right wing governor of Arkansas. Arkansas was uh, was a traditionally democratic state when he was governor in the in the 90s and and, and uh, first half of the 2000s, and uh, and he was really running. Uh, more as a sort of center-right, uh, uh, running the state as a center-right Republican, and not a, uh, a you know a rock-ribbed conservative. So uh, none of that is really surprising that uh, he takes those those views. And again, it's it's a generational thing. You've got uh, people who are from the previous generation of Republican uh, stars, and, and Mike Huckabee's one of them. Uh, there's there's just so many other options uh, here for Republicans. I think they'll listen to Mike Huckabee more than they might listen to say Rick Santorum. Uh, but uh, they're also going to be. Look, this is what I was struck by in New Hampshire: is everybody there was really excited to see and hear from these candidates, and they were uh, in no way close to deciding this is the guy that I want. Uh, this is the this is the person that I've got to be with. You know, people were like that for Rand Paul, perhaps. Um, but but really for nobody else. Um, I, I think there's a lot of openness in a way that there hasn't been in a Republican primary in a long time. Um, and, and I actually think that uh, bodes poorly for Mike Huckabee and bodes really well for some of these untested uh, fresher faces. Michael Warren, The Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. And, and and don't tell uh, Governor Huckabee all the mean things I said about him, okay? Because I, I meant them all. I, I, I really did. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.